Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 54. As we've been going through these podcasts, you'll notice that we have a wide range of guests that come and and speak. Some of them are successful business leaders. Some of them are experts on uh, marriage and relationships. Uh, Some of them are experts on leadership. I want to try to bring to the audience a wide array of different topics and guests to talk about kind of all the different facets of success and just life in general, when you're in a leadership role, uh, whether it be in your family or whether it be uh, in a business, there's a lot of different things that create success. It's not just a a singular thing. And one of the things that we wanted to highlight a little bit on the podcast is something that we haven't really talked about a lot, but it's been a, a topic that's been kind of popping up a little bit for me lately. And it's the area of finances and not to say that my finances are all a mess or anything, but I've started to run across a decent amount of people that have have struggled with finances. And it's not something that um, I think we really get a lot of education on. I think it's something that whenever you're out there and um, graduating college or graduating high school, not many people have that luxury of somebody kind of teaching them how to be financially secure or to be, for lack of a better term, the basic things like balancing a checkbook. There's just, there's just not a lot of people out there that, I mean, it's not the flashy, a vibrant thing that you you want to do. It's it's something that is the end justifies the means. It's just something that you have to do. And so I wanted to take a, a, a moment and kind of highlight the importance of being financially secure and being intentional with your finances, because I think that's just as important as anything else that we talk about. Because if you're not in a position financially where you can take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be in a position uh, to lead and take care of other people. And so uh, I wanted to kind of reach out to my audience and find some people that are experts in the area of finances. And uh, that's how I came across today's guest. Our, our guest today is Tasha Kennard. Uh, she is the chief freedom builder at Start Young Financial Group and a number one Amazon bestselling author of 20-something and Rich. Tasha began her career in corporate America where she managed $100 million budgets and led some of the biggest brand names in the world of higher profitability. Tasha uses the skills she learned in corporate America to help her clients maximize their income and effectively build for the future. Tasha leads millennials on their journey to achieve financial security, freedom, and abundance by promoting cutting edge strategies that are specific to the millennial generation. Took me a little bit to get through it, but I made it through. Tasha, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you say hello to the audience and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? All right, Evan. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And hello, everyone. Thank you to those who are listening. And um, before we really get started, I want to take a second to have you guys get grounded in why this is an important conversation for you to have. So 
And then kind of started it off mentioning that, you know, he's running to some people who are kind of struggling in the area of their finances. And what I want to share is that, you know, it's not limited to the few people that Evan is running into, right? If we look at this from a statistical perspective, right now in America, 76% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, right? So just imagine people are going to work, working day to day, putting in nine to five, giving their blood, sweat and tears. And for what? They live in paycheck to paycheck. And then on top of that, 70% of Americans who make it to retirement age don't have enough money to retire comfortably, okay? So this isn't something that's just happening to a handful of people. Lack of financial literacy is actually an epidemic in this country, and it's not surprising. It's interesting that it's not something that we talk about with more regularity, but it is not surprising, right? When you think about it, Nobody taught you how to manage money, right? And managing money is a lot like driving a car. It's really easy, but somebody actually has to teach you how to do it. <laughs> and if they're not teaching you how to do it, you're not going to be able to drive that car, no matter how easy it is. It's not just going to come to you through the process of osmosis, right? <laughs> and so the last thing, the last statistic that I will leave you with is, you know, right now, over 60% of working adults don't even have $500 in the bank. Wow. And that's really something that I'm out to impact because it's not okay with me that we spend so much of our energy working eight hours or more a day living for the weekends, right? This is how we live our lives. And we don't even have $500 in the bank to show for it. So this is why I say the conversation that we have today will be one of the most important conversations that you have in your adult life, because this literally could change the trajectory of your financial future. And if you look at what those statistics are, you want that trajectory to be different. <laughs> well, if listeners, if you can't uh, pick it up. I'm going to tell you right now, Tasha is passionate about this subject and I'm so glad that she's on here talking about this because this kind of reinforces some of the things that I've come across. So first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about living paycheck to paycheck. So a lot of times we talk about that term and I don't think a lot of people necessarily know that what that means or they may not realize that they're actually doing it. So if you can kind of break out what a, a typical paycheck to paycheck type situation looks like. Sure, sure, sure. So this, the idea of, you know, what it means to live paycheck to paycheck is actually what got me started in my career as a financial performance coach. So I was working in corporate America at a Fortune 50 company, right, handling some of the top brands in the nation, in the world, right? Managing $100 million budgets. That's what me and my peers were doing. And at the time, I'm like investing in a Roth IRA. I'm putting money towards my 401k. I'm saving. And I still am like, okay, what else can I do to make sure that I set myself up for financial freedom? So I'm asking my peers, like, you know, what are you guys doing, right? I know that a lot of them are making more money than they have ever made in their lives. And many of them are making more money than their parents have ever made. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking, like, what are you doing with this newfound income that you have? And they look at me like, what? What are you talking about? And so what I found was that even though people were making more money, they were also spending more money, right? So what was happening is that even though they were making more, all that meant 
was that they were able to have a better lifestyle. That means nicer clothes, nicer shoes, more clothes, a better car, a nicer apartment. You know, that means that they were spending more money. But when you actually look at what assets they were building, there was no money going into a savings account. There was no money going into investment accounts. And that's what living paycheck to paycheck looks like. It means you get your paycheck and then you spend it. And there really isn't a lot of money going towards saving. One way that I like to put this to make it so real for you is that you use your paycheck to help fund other people's, you know, whatever they're doing. None of that money actually goes into your own pocket or into your own bank account. It's going into someone else's register. And that's what it means to live paycheck to paycheck. You may have money, but that money is not being used to further your savings, your investments, or your financial future. Yeah, I've heard the terminology being cash rich, but money poor. You have all of this money that's actually, or cash that's coming into you, but you're spending it as quickly as you're getting it. And you turn around and look in your bank account. And like you said, uh, 60% of working adults don't have $500 in the bank. I would venture to say that there's a lot of those working adults that make 50, 60, 70, maybe even $100,000 a year. So they're bringing in the income, but their expenses are just very, very extravagant. And well, maybe they're not extravagant because one of the reasons that I kind of came across this topic is um, I have a, a guy that I know and he had gotten pretty heavy into credit card debt, uh, so much so that he couldn't even afford the monthly payment on the credit card, which is basically the minimum payment due on his credit card. So that means he's paying uh, an astronomical amount of interest on the credit cards that he has. And it's so, so much that the the amount of money that he's bringing in with all of his other bills and everything else, he can't make that payment on that credit card, which is going to take him a long time to pay that off. And so when I talk to him, I'm like, you don't have that many bills. I, I know, I, I know you. And in, in this case, he lived with his parents. I know you live with your parents. I know you basically have a car, but the car payment can't be that much, maybe five, let's say $500. So I had a good idea in my mind of, about what he, what he made. I just couldn't mentally process that he couldn't make this, this payment. And what, what had happened was is, in far as far as expenses and everything else, he didn't have a ton of expenses, but he was in a situation where he was hanging out with people that had a lot more money than he did. And so he would go and hang out with them and go out to eat all the time, or he would, uh, you know, go shopping all the time or go on vacations or do whatever else. And so he was spending this money using the credit cards money, but it wasn't really money that he had. And so he wasn't able to make those payments to cover the costs of the cards that he had. But he had other friends that were able to do that. And so if anything, it was more of a just keeping up with the Joneses type of situation that got him that far into debt. So he may not have been a paycheck to paycheck type person, but he kept spending and spending and spending, not necessarily on things that he needed, on just extracurricular things. And it consumed him over time. One thing I want to say about that is I like to say in this day and age, you know, millennials are keeping up with the Kardashians, right? <laughs> like the TV show. And I think it's interesting, right? And I use that term because we have all of this quote unquote reality TV that's sending us so many subliminal messages about what people are doing with their money. And the truth of the matter is you get in these situations where 
You know, the people around you are doing all these extravagant things with their money, right? They're taking vacations every week. They're, you know, buying all these clothes and all these shoes, $500 car payments and all this stuff. But this is the secret. You trying to keep up with them, but they're in the same boat as you. But you just don't know it. You don't know it. How do I know this? Because the statistics don't lie, right? Nobody is out here with all of this money if 76% of the people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Nobody is generating all of this money. So what's happening is they're living paycheck to paycheck, but you are going broke and into debt. That's the only difference. <laughs> Nobody out here building wealth. Nobody. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can change that, right? Hopefully we can get people to think differently about that. Oh, we are going to change that, right? Part of, you know, my mission is to alleviate wealth disparities in this country, but also to show people what it actually takes to build something for the future so that we don't just have more of the same. If you look at the debt rate, right? If you look at how much debt we have, you know, we're so over leveraged when it comes to debt. And we think when we, we think that keeping up that we're keeping up with the Joneses, but the Joneses are just trying to look good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like to say, you know, everything that glitters isn't gold. Right. There is the appearance of wealth with no substance of wealth, with no money in the bank, all of this debt. Um, and really, you know, when you want to be able to achieve wealth, Um, you have to really be able to go against the grain because it's just not what most people are doing. It's not what most people are thinking about. And it it takes something to actually say, okay, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing. Me and my friends, we having a movie night tonight, you know, or we're going to do a potluck tonight and hang out, or we're going to go and, you know, play a game of kickball in the park. There's so many things that we could do that isn't going to require us to go into debt, but we're watching everybody else's lifestyle and thinking that that's the thing for us to do when really is keeping us all from achieving the financial foundations and the financial futures that we really want. Well, I love how you threw out some ideas of alternatives of things that you can do that don't cost a lot of money, um, but still allow you to get out and interact with people and have a good time to where you're not having to do the big flashy stuff. So I, I think that's a start. But let's so let's say, for example, the the the, the tuner, the, the listener that's tuning in right now uh, probably is looking at their bank accounts or probably is knows that we're talking specifically to them. And they realize that, hey, I'm I'm in a situation where I'm starting to get in over my head. I know I'm not even living paycheck to paycheck. I'm living at a point where I'm outspending what I'm making. So how do, how do we get started? I know this is kind of your area of expertise. What are some of the things that you would kind of talk to that first person about to, to give them a starting point? Cause we all need to start somewhere. Yeah. I love this because people think that when you are starting talking about money, Right. If you want to improve your ability to build wealth and save and plan for the future, that the conversation should start with money. But that's just not where the conversation starts. Right. And and this is part of the reason we're so dysfunctional when it comes to money. People have no clue what they're doing. When you start the conversation about money, the, the place that you started at is looking at yourself and what matters to you. Uh-huh. Why is that? Because money in and of itself doesn't mean anything. It's a, it's just a sheet of like 
you know, paper and paper and fabric that's threaded together. But the reason that money is important is because we use it in service of the things that we want. And the reason that it's so misused is that people have no idea what they want. And so they're looking at, you know, other people seeing, okay, well, what do they want? And then just going and spending their money in alignment with that. But if you really just bring it down, right, and you get clear about what matters to you, I can tell you that you will be a lot more intentional with your spending. And on top of that, you will be a lot more fulfilled with your spending. So the first thing that you want to do when you're thinking about your money is to think about your top three um, values, your top three goals, and your top three priorities. What are the things that you value as an individual? Like, what are the things that are so important to you? So, for example, for me, the things that are really important to me is family, uh, peace, and advancement, right? I love spending time with my family. But my family is in Chicago and I'm in Atlanta. So what does that mean? That means that I spend money on plane tickets and I spend it happily because my family is important to me. And if I have money and I'm not spending it on going to see my family, I'm not as happy and I'm not as fulfilled because I'm not making sure that I do the things that matter to me, right? But you won't know that if there if you haven't made that connection. You will keep spending money on shoes and clothes and wondering why you're not fulfilled, but it's because you haven't even identified the things that actually make you happy. Mm -hmm. Second thing, I value security. When I was working in corporate America, I literally quit my job in two weeks because I said, this does not fulfill me. Why was I able to do that? Because I value security and I made sure that I was secure no matter what. So I didn't have to stay in a job that I didn't love. So valuing security means that I need to be putting money towards a, an, an emergency fund as a priority every month so that I'm not beholden to anybody and I can really do what is important to me at the drop of a dime. I could go move to a whole different state if I wanted to, which I've done two to three times already. And then finally, I value advancement. So what does that mean? That means I have to be investing so that my money is growing because I want my wealth position to be increasing. I want my net worth to be increasing. And that matters to me. So I'm making a decision between do I put $200 towards my investment this month or do I go eat out this month four times? That's an easy decision for me to make because I know what I value. But if you don't know what you value, what you value and you just go with the flow, then you're probably going to you're probably going to just do what everybody else is doing to your own detriment. So you want to look at your values and then you want to create some goals. Where do do you want to be in the next three months? How much money do you want to have in the bank? How much do you want to have saved? How much debt do you want to pay off? Like this isn't rocket science, but somebody really does have to be telling you to focus on these things. And then finally, you want to look at your priorities. Now, there are some things that you might not identify as a goal but you have to do it anyway. It's like a priority or an obligation. You might owe your mama $100 or something like that. And it's probably not at the top of your goal list, but it probably is something that you want to take care of as a matter of your own integrity. And that's something that you want to put at the top of your to-do list as well. So I say you look at your values, your goals, and your priority slash obligations, and you really start there. And as you begin to look at that, right? don't look at your money, look at those things. And what you do with your money will begin to transform naturally. Wow. Well, the beautiful thing about having a podcast is, is is they can rewind and re-listen to that over and over again. Everything that she just talked about are things that are not difficult to do. They're things that you can do right away. And there's 
they're things that will make a massive impact in your finances in a very short period of time. Uh, I love how you're talking about your values, what's important to you, and, and really trying to identify the things that match up to it. In businesses, we have missions and values, right? These are things that we define our culture based on. These are things that we define uh, who we are and, and what our voice of our company is and, and all these different marketing things that we do to kind of put as a litmus test of should we make this decision? Should we do this project? Should we serve this customer? These are things that you think about on a business standpoint, but I think a lot of times people don't think about that on a personal standpoint. And if you don't have those priorities or those values figured out, you're going to go chasing everybody else's values. If you, um, if you don't stand for anything, um, oh man, I can't, I can't remember the quote. I think it's if you stand for, if you, if you don't stand for anything, you'll, you'll you fall for anything. Yeah, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. There it is. That's what I was looking for. And I think the <laughs> well, challenge with that is with your finances is when you do that, you don't have unlimited resources to chase after all those things. Yes, you can explore. You can try things and you can and put yourself out there and, and identify new stuff. But that's not something that's always sustainable. You need to figure out those values. And it can be something as simple as sitting down with your family or sitting down with your friends and talking about what are the things that are important to you and have those conversations, but don't spend your money on all those things first. Talk it through, identify it, test things out, go that direction, but then hone it back in and, and identify the things that, that really, really make sense for you. So I love how you also shared your personal story about how for you, family is important and to the extent that you're willing to travel for that. But that means that you're giving up things. You're giving up things like going out to eat. You're giving up things like getting a new pair of shoes or getting a new outfit every couple of days or whatever. It, don't get me wrong. It, I love getting a new pair of shoes. I love getting a new outfit. And those things are things that you'll have to do over time. But there's, there's ways you can be smart about it too. So what are some of the, the smart things we can do for things that are not necessarily values to us, but they're necessities? There's things that we have to have. Do you have any recommendations on some of the things that people can use to be smarter with the money that they have for those more necessity type items? Um, I'm glad that you pointed out like, you know, this isn't about always saying no to everything, right? I love a nice dress. You know, I yeah. love um, looking nice. You know, I do not recommend that you sacrifice your physical appearance or any of those things um, to, to save money. I just don't. But I think that you have to be in a conversation of uh, yes and yes, but realize that timing is so important. Right. You can't say yes to everything all the time. You have to say when you have to realize when it's appropriate for you to be saying yes. And this is why I say focus on the values, because I don't like the idea of sacrificing. Right. You're not sacrificing. This is for you. This is for your future. <laughs> this is to put money in your bank account. Right. So I really want to like I want you to be able to shift the way that you think about building wealth so that it does not seem like a burden. It's an opportunity for you to live the life that you say you get to live. Nobody else but you. You are in control. I don't tell my clients how to spend their money. I don't tell them how much to budget towards X, Y, and Z. I do not tell them how much to save or invest. If you put together a budget that says you eat out for $500 a month, that 
is on you. You work hard for your money and you get to decide how you spend it and you spend it in a way that is in alignment with the life that you want to create. That's the only thing that I enforce with people. You get to say, but once you say, I'm going to hold you accountable. Um, and so when we start to think about, when we start to think about, sorry, I got all this dinging going on over here, <laughs> um, but focus on me. Don't focus on the dinging. When, when we start to think about how, once you've already got your values and your priorities and all of that on lock, how do we actually start to um, use the money that we have? How? And that's a really great question, Evan. So there are four different action areas that I outline in my company that I want you focused on after you have started to really shift your mindset to focus on what's important to you. These are going to be the things that allow you to lay out a solid financial foundation. So number one, you want to uh, save up money for an emergency fund, period. No matter what it is that you value, you want to have an emergency fund. I say, you know, work up to $500, then $1,000, then $2,000, and you do this slowly but surely. The reason that you want to have an emergency fund is because when those necessities pop up that you're talking about, Evan, you don't want mm -hmm. to have to pull from, you know, other areas. You want to know that you have a, a nice cushion and you can take care of your necessities. And if something pops up that you need that you can't take care of, then you can pull it from your emergency fund, no problem. It just gives you such a level of security and it ensures that you're able to build wealth because when the necessities pop up, you don't have to put it on your uh, credit card. You don't have to go into your investments. You don't have to pull from savings from something else. You just use your emergency fund for the necessities. Number two, you want to be saving for the things that are important to you. Now, we act like things that come up in the future are like such a surprise to us. But you know, you're probably going to need a new car at some point. You're probably going to need an oil change. You're probably going to need new tires. You're probably going to get married. You're probably going to get a house at some point. This stuff, when it comes, like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to get married. You knew you was going to get married one day. <laughs> and so you want to start saving for the things that are important to you way before you even need to, because then it will be effortless. Right. It'll be effortless to make sure that you can do the things that you need to do. So number two is start saving for the future as soon as possible. A little bit of savings over time makes a huge bit of difference in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. The third thing you want to do is pay off your high interest rate credit card debt. If you have a credit card debt that has high interest rate, pay that off. You do not want to pay other people to use their money. So that's number three. And along with building credit, I mean, paying off your debt, you're building credit at the same time. Yeah. And then with number four, you want to be investing for your future. There are places that will allow you to invest for as little as $50 a month. I started with $50 a month as a sophomore in college, and I used that money to build everything off of. Like, that is the money that my whole life was built off of. So really, right? The premise of my company is that every empire is built on a single penny. So I don't care how small you have to start. I really just care that you start. And so when you're thinking about, you know, managing the necessities and actually taking care of the money aspect of your finances, those are the four things that I recommend to build a foundation. Emergency funds, savings, 
paying down debt and building credit and investing in your future. What I really like about, especially the, uh, the saving for what's important part is that once you've saved for that, you put a higher value on those things at the same time too. So like you talk about a wedding, if, if you're, if you know you're getting married and you're saving, saving up for it and you're, it's actually money that you've been setting aside for a long time, that event becomes that much more important to you because you've invested a lot of your time and effort into the entire process of it. And I think a lot of times people are really quick to kind of float through life and not take advantage of um, meaningful relationships or actual events like that. Those things, as I get older, and this is just me sounding like a emotional old man, but as, as I get older and I see the importance of that event, the importance of when you have a kid or the importance of uh, when you buy your first house or the importance of when you get your first car, those are major life events for you that help kind of define who you are. And I think a lot of times people just kind of make flippant decisions on, on some of those things. They don't put a, as much value on them. And it's because they're, they're just putting it on a credit card or they're, they're, they're delaying that payment so that it's not as much of a sacrifice then. But as you've been able to save up and you realize the amount of money that's going to take and the amount of money that you saved over time, that becomes that much more valuable to you. And I think you begin to cherish and appreciate those events and your life that much more in the long run. I completely, completely agree with that. One of the other things that you talked about a little bit um, before when you're talking about the three values that you have you talked about security and you, you talked about having the security to just leave your job within two weeks. And I think that that's something that a lot of people would probably cringe when they think about trying to find a new job or trying to start a different career, or maybe they're unhappy in the, in the job that they're in, but they're, they feel trapped. They feel trapped because they know that if they leave that job, they don't know if they'll get another job and they don't know what will happen if they don't have a paycheck for a couple of weeks. And the, the word I wrote down when you were talking about that is freedom. You have freedom. And I think a lot of times people don't take into consideration when you're spending the amount of money that you spend and you're living paycheck to paycheck, that your freedom actually becomes ratcheted down on to the point where you, the, the things you own, own you. I've heard it um, put before. And I think a lot of times people get to the point where they get depressed or they feel sorry for themselves, or they just get kind of worn out um, thinking about, or to the point where they don't even open the mail. When the mail shows up, they just get those envelopes and they they put them in a in a dark corner of their house and they don't look at them again. And that thing's just always hanging over their head. And I think for you to to kind of call out that you can have financial freedom, you can be you can have a more free life if you're smarter with your money and you have that security then you can ultimately pursue what's going to make you happy. And I think that's probably one of the most important things. When you think about all the money that somebody spends on clothing, on houses, on cars, and everything else, I think the, the motivation behind that is to be happy, right? And to be free. And so I, I think if you, don't, if you have those things reversed, it actually, it actually bogs you down more than it does create that freedom for you. Wow, Evan. Like, that's such a, an important point to make. And oh, I can't even describe the amount of freedom that I have and the amount of like the philosophy that I operate from is like really less is more. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have, I don't sit here and profess to be a millionaire to you. Right. Because that's not the thing that I think is important. It really is the freedom that I'm pointing to. My freedom 
is, you know, I go to a store and I'm looking at, do I want this? And then I think, do I want to be responsible for this? <laughs> I was just looking at this, like I was in the store the other day and I was thinking about buying something, but I'm like, that's just another possession that I then will be responsible for. And yeah. part of what I love is if I'm packing and I'm like out of town and I'm packing and like my bag is heavy, I'll just take some stuff out and just leave it there. I have no, like I'm not bound to the things that I own and to the things that I have. Um, my peace of mind is what I value the most. My security and my freedom, those are the things that I value the most. And you, you mentioned this idea of being trapped. And that was the reason that I quit my job is because I felt trapped. And the more things that you're responsible for, the more trapped you become because you need a job. You need a lot of money. Um, you need to trade. You, you're, you're actually trading your life force for things is really what's happening. Um, <laughs> and so, no, for real, like when you think about it and you go to work and you put all this time in, that's your life force. That's your time and your energy and your life, your livelihood. Um, and you're trading it for money that you then trade for things. And it's like, when I trade my do dollar for something, it has to be so important to me. Like it has to be something that's worth my time and my energy and my life. Otherwise I keep that dollar in my pocket so that I can do more of the things that make me happy. And really, like you pointed out, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what my life is about. And that's, I was, when I was, um, in California, with my boyfriend this past weekend and we were climbing up this tree and climbing on the rocks and driving through rivers. And I told him like, this is what life is about. This is what our life is for. It's not to go to work nine to five unless that's what you absolutely love. Yeah. Working is nice and having things is life, but you want to look at yourself and ask yourself, what is your life about? And then create something around that. Specifically for the audience, you know, the audience, we hear a lot about entrepreneurship. And we talk, talk a lot about, you know, finding yourself in that leadership role, pursuing the things that you're passionate about. When you have that freedom to do those things, um, it's a lot easier to make that step into entrepreneurship. And so one of the things that I've kind of thought about on my end is it, it's always a lot easier in my mind to be an entrepreneur when you're younger, when you have less responsibility, you have less bill payments, you have less things that happen. So when I think young businessmen or young business leaders, I think about people who have the potential actually to pursue be and be more risky with things because they have less things that are holding them back. And so as you kind of get further and further in your career and you get further and further in life and you get, you, you upgrade your house, you upgrade your car, you upgrade all these different things to your lifestyle. It actually is, becomes a thing that you trade that you get that comfortability of these are all the nice things that I have and you're less likely to want to give those up to really pursue what you're passionate about. So one of the things I want to challenge the audience as you're listening to this is if you're young and, and maybe you are financially stable or you're at a point where you don't have a lot of financial responsibility, now's the time to be risky. Now's the time to get out there and, and really put yourself out there and try to launch that business, try to launch that thing that you really want to do because expense wise, you don't have a lot of expense right now. I have a lot of expense. I have, I have a house and I have cars and I have kids and I have private school. I have a lot of things that I'm responsible for. So it's going to be a lot harder for me to completely jump out there and start all over again if I wanted to start a new business. But if it was 10 years ago, I 
had a fraction of the costs of just the necessities and everything else that I have. Uh, and hopefully you're listening at that point and maybe you're thinking about it or maybe you're thinking, well, I want to work myself up in the corporate world. And then later on, I want to jump out into entrepreneurship. I would say this, it's more challenging to jump from the corporate world to entrepreneurship uh, when you're getting a six figure income because you're not going to get six figures <laughs> right off the bat when you're an entrepreneur. It's something that you're going to work back to, but it's going to take time. And I think it's awesome that you had that ability to leave a corporate job. Not a lot of people have that ability. Some people get fired and that's essentially what starts their entrepreneurial journey. And then they're starting to have all these conversations that we're having right now. Like what's important? What do I really need? What are the things that I got to sell? Because I can't afford those things anymore. And it's almost like a reactive process as opposed to a proactive process. And from what I'm understanding from you, you're more on the proactive side because ultimately that's going to align you quicker with the things that you love. Absolutely. And it gets to be your choice. I was sitting at my desk one day and I just looked outside and I looked at it. It was a beautiful day. And I was beholden to this company that I'm like, that paid my bills, but didn't really care about me. Right. And I'm over here sitting, stressing, worrying about this, this $3 million order that I have processed, wondering if it's going to come in time. Is it going to do this? And I'm like, but why? This has nothing to do with me and who I am and what I want for my life. I want to be out there. And I just made it happen. Like, I'm like, you get one life. This is not Super Mario Brothers where, you know, <laughs> you, you die and then you come back, you know, the same person. No, you get one life. I was like, I'm going to shoot my shot and live the life that I want to live. And I asked myself, you know, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is, you know, I'd be a bum in Florida somewhere living under somebody's bridge. Right. And this and, and this like was like would never happen. Right. I have family I could live with, all these things that I could do. But I just had to know that I would be I was willing to really just deal with whatever came my way and know that it would be worth it for me to have some freedom in my life. And I just I went for it. And I encourage you guys to go for it, too, because if you think about the worst that could happen, right, you got to live with your parents. Right. I have to go live with my parents. That mean my mom would probably make me breakfast. And so I'll probably eat better. And, you know, I'll probably be a little annoyed because she'd probably make me do things that I didn't want to do, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. No, it wouldn't. And I think it's awesome that you kind of lay that out because I think in our minds, we make it out to be much worse than it possibly is. In our minds, we're living under a bridge and we're <laughs> really struggling. But in reality, it's if you have a good support group or you have good friends that understand what you're doing. So in a, in a previous podcast, um, we had Adonis Lindsay, Adonis Lindsay on, and he was talking about how he kind of got to the bottom of the barrel uh, in his life. And he, he thought it was going to be a lot better than what it was, but for him, he actually went through and experienced it to the point where he talked about, he went to an all you can eat uh, Chinese buffet. And he would get two plates. The first plate he would get, he would eat. And the second plate, he would take the stuff and put it in his pockets. And he would actually um, just get as much food as he possibly could. He was there for like two hours. And then he finally went home. And as he was unloading his pants of all the food that he had, uh, he was uh, kind of faced with that real decision of, is this what I want my life to be? Is this what I really want 
to do on a continual basis. And he said, something had to change there. I had to make that decision that I didn't want it to be like this. And so for some of the people that are listening, that idea of the worst that could happen, it could happen. But at the same time, it may not because you know, you're very resourceful, you're very uh, well-educated, um, or you're getting an education, but you have a great support staff around you that's really going to help you uh, in everything that you do. I want to spin things around a little bit and talk a little bit about your book because you have a lot of great resources available and you also do uh, financial coaching. So I want to kind of uh, make the audience aware of some of the things that they do and how they can connect with you uh, to learn a little bit more about this stuff. So uh, your book, 10 Tips to Build Your Empire, Talk a little bit about that. What is that going to help the audience do? And what was the reasoning behind writing it? Well, I wrote that book because um, it's kind of like a, a mini book. It's a mini financial ebook that walks you through like just 10 things that every young adult should know about managing money. And it's really short and really thorough. Um, I Those like my to, favorite kinds of books. <laughs> I like to be straight to the point. And I like there to be no fluff and it's kind of just like in your face this is what you need to know and um it kind of forces you to like really take stock about where you are in your finances right now so you could probably read it in a train ride to work or something like that and it will make a tremendous difference in um how knowledgeable you are with your finances and you know forcing you to really be responsible for what next steps you need to take so it talks about budgeting it talks about credit it talks about credit scores all these things that you need to know as a young adult that nobody ever told you. Um, and you can find it on my website at startyoungfinancial.com. Like Evan, I love things that are short and to the point. Like, just just tell me what I need to know. <laughs> and that's exactly what Well, that's awesome. So startyoungfinancial.com. That's how they can connect with you. They can get a copy of the book there. Is it an ebook that they can download? Yep, it's an ebook that you'll download. Um, you'll put in your info and the ebook will come right to you. There's also, I have a, a budget printable um, that, you know, the values and the priorities and things like that, that we talked about earlier. I have a printout that helps you map those things out and you can get that at budgetbundle.gr8.com. That's budgetbundle.gr8.com. And you can get a printout of like the process that we talked about earlier in terms of mapping out your values and your income and your expenses um, in a really easy format. So check that out as well. Well, what I'll do is I'll save the links for both of those in the show notes so that the listeners can easily access those. But listeners... Uh, you've had an opportunity to hear a lot of fantastic information. Uh, hopefully you've been inspired. Hopefully you've been a little bit challenged to take a look at your financial situation. Um, just know that there's a lot of great resources out there for you. You're not in this alone. This is not something uh, that uh, is unique to you. There's a lot of people that deal with financial challenges. I mean, going back to some of the statistics uh, that Tasha mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that alone tells you that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. So Tasha, thank you for taking the time uh, to share a little bit about what you do and, and really talk about the importance of being financially free and being intentional with your finances. I want to give you an opportunity to have a last word to kind of say something to the audience. Uh, you know who the audience is. You know who we're trying to reach with this. What, what do you want that uh, final message to be to the listeners today? The final message that I want to leave you guys with is um, this is your life. 
and you are the author, the director, and the star player, and you should act like it. Um, and really what I mean by that is getting that what you want to create for yourself and your life and your family and your community is really your responsibility. And it takes something beyond doing what everybody else is doing. Because when you do what everybody else is doing, you're going to get the same results that everybody else is getting. And if you want something different, it's going to require that you do something different. And so shake things up a bit. Do some things that you've never done before. Go against the grain. Go against the status quo. Look at what it would take for you to, you know, be brave enough to even consider what type of financial future do you want to create for yourself? And what type of future are you willing to create for yourself? Have that very real conversation with yourself. And just like where you are now, is a result of everything that you've done in the past. And where you are six months from now will be the result of what you do in the meantime and between time. So that is what I want to leave you with. Well, Tasha, thank you for speaking to our audience and taking the time. Listeners, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.